All the mums having a bit of a chat, are we? <laughs> hey. We're going to have a very different uh, little message session today. We've got actually six mums that are going to uh, speak to us. Um, well, I'm going to be interviewing a, a few of our senior mums, and then uh, some of our younger mums are going to be sharing the word with us. So I'm pretty excited about that. Why don't you welcome first uh, Pastor Jackie Anga and Huya. Why don't you guys come on up? Put your hands together, please. Keep going, keep going. Come on, grab a seat, grab a seat. Any, any order you'd like. Now, I asked, uh, I asked these ladies to come and share their, all their wisdom with us. So I hope you're taking notes. Um, I, did, I did some calculations, and between them, we have 146 years of marriage. There's a bit of experience there. Uh, 142 years of parenting experience. <laughs> so there is a, a bit of experience sitting here. And, uh, and we just want to hear from them. We want to uh, understand a little bit of their background, what they've learned, and hopefully we can implement some of that in our own lives. So I'm going to start uh, by asking... Uh, you, what advice would you give yourself as a younger mother? With what you know now, what advice would you give yourself as a younger mother? Uh, Pastor Jackie, do you want to go first and, you know, anyone can chime in with uh, whatever advice they have? I suppose just relaxing a bit more because um, life doesn't come, parenthood doesn't come with a menu. Uh, so, you know, every child is so different, um, and it's, yeah, just relaxing, trusting God, and um, praying, that's what we did, but I think the more relaxing and enjoying the journey. Who's next? <laughs> Ainga, go for it. Well, I, I believe that all the mums are here will agree with me that um, as a first-time mum, it's a real chaos. <laughs> but um, for me, as um, a mum of 40, 48 years, <laughs> 47 years, um, I think with, uh, when we were... Um, when I was a mom, I'm speaking from my own experience, um, I was very uh, blessed to have my um, older siblings around me that they were helping me out with my children. But most of the young moms nowadays, they are by, by themselves. So for my, uh, my advice to you young moms, you have to be bold. You have to be brave, and you have to be patient as well. For um, there's no one, there's no one that we can rely on except for God. That He is the only one who can give us guidance, who can direct us in um, running our children and running our family. Very Thank good. You. Very good. Who are any pearls of wisdom on that? Yeah, I know. <laughs> First thing that came to 
in my mind was to be more relaxed because I was one of those mums that had to have everything fixed and the house good and everything and it's like that didn't work too well but anyway that was my that was how I was and of course when I when I had my first child 53 years ago children were then looked upon as fed every four hours or you know everything was regimented and you sort of put the baby to bed and that was it and you didn't sort of do like we do nowadays just spend time with your baby husbands didn't have anything to do with babies i think my husband changed one nappy ever but you know things are so different nowadays that it's unreal to think how it was even 50 years ago you know so in a lot of things good things have happened that people now are combined in a family instead of be just being mum that did everything father came home from work and expected a meal on the table you got all these little critters around you crying and all the rest, but it's like, just relax more. Just relax. That's the main thing. And love your kids. That's the big thing. Just love them. Yeah. And just one more thing for all the young mums, when you are finding it hard and difficult, always reach out. Let's help around. Reach out, even just to talk. You know, and someone to pray for you. Yeah, great from maybe one of these ladies who have like, I don't know, 40, 50 years experience. Yeah, fantastic. What, what would your greatest desire be for your children? If you could put that in maybe a sentence, what is your greatest desire for your kids? Who would like to go first? Just to be the best that they can be in whatever they want to do. And I'll be on the sideline as I am with my grandchildren, just cheering them on. Doesn't matter what they want to do doesn't matter what their aspirations are really because they'll change, times change and they'll want to do this thing one time and they want to do something else but just be there for them and let them know that you are there for them and you're their backstop if nobody else in the world is, they can feel that you're there. Very cool. my desire for my children is to be who they are. Don't try and be somebody else. Mm. You follow your dream, follow your heart, and whatever God has put in your heart, make sure you go with that and God will um, excel you in whatever you're doing. You don't have to be rich. You don't have to be um, a well-known person. Just be yourself. Very and good. God will bless you for who you are. Very good. My dream was, um, you know, as a, a parent, you know, God entrusted this little being into my hands. And um, as we make a covenant to raise this child, to know him, and if I've done that, um, you know, led my kids to God, and they've had that experience, and I know everything else will follow. God will take care, God will be, God will lead, guide and direct them. So if I could do that, train up, as the Bible says, train up a child in the way he should go. When he's young, when he's old, he will not depart. So if I've done that, and yes, everything else will follow. Um, yeah. Very good, very good. Why don't you put your hands together, hey?
Some good stuff here. Monday life has already been touched uh, on by Huya. Uh, is very, very different to Monday motherhood, shall we say, is different to how it was. What pressures do you see now that, that are different to what they were? Um, you've obviously raised kids in a different time. It was not, you know, historically speaking, it's not that long ago, but uh, with how things are changing so quickly, uh, maybe you see some big differences. You've already touched on that, who you? But uh, anything else that you see that is just different that we can't see from our perspective because, well, we're in it right now. Um, interesting you said that because yeah there are a lot of pressures on mums now to feed the children the right things to do this to do that it's like I think they're sort of banging their head against the wall sometimes because they're really trying to be that super mum whereas I wasn't trying to be a super mum I was just trying to be a mum you know but I think that just being a mum has got lost somewhere now with all the great things that have come along, we've sort of got to the other side now, gone to the other extreme in lots of ways, and mums are really struggling on their own. They may not speak it out, they may not share it with anyone, but on their own they can be struggling to think, am I doing the right thing for these? Because I hear, I listen to Radio 96.5, and I hear this mum come on, and oh, I'm talking to mums, and thank you for being a great, and she's got all these hints and all these things. I think, what a load of tripe sometimes, you know. It's just so much pressure. It's like, just relax, and if they don't eat their veggies, who gives a flip, you know? They'll, <laughs> they're, they're not going to starve. Children don't starve. You know, it's like, oh, let's not be such precious little things. Yes, they are precious, but, you know, they make them over-precious, I think. That's today now. <laughs> Kids are over-precious, and, and they're beautiful. They're still the same kids that God's created from when Adam and Eve were born, and he loves them, and we can do our best, and that's all mums need to do is just do your best all right, what you can, you've got to work with. Yeah, you can only say stuff like that when you're a grandma. I'm just saying, okay? We, not all of us could get away with saying stuff like that. Uh, <laughs> anyone else? The same question. Yeah, same question, please. Yes. Um, uh, but more, any, anything, anything different, more you can add that you see in terms of uh, pressures on modern day motherhood uh, that you've seen changes in? Maybe there isn't any more. Maybe you don't see any changes. There are lots of, um, I suppose, even, you know, uh, things that they um, encounter at school and kids come home with all those questions. Um, you know, it's taking time. And um, that's why in our prayer group, we pray for young moms. We know it's a challenge. We know what we've been through. And um, we know that there's much more um, out there that kids are encountering, listening, listening um, even coming across on uh, iPads and iPhones. Uh, so we know there's lots of things happening, even through uh, their friends sharing at school. Um, and so the issue is, you know, being honest taking them back again to what God's word says, what we believe, why we do what we do, um, you know, and praying, uh, praying for them, uh, having open communication, talking, listening. If you see slight changes in your kid, um, you know, take the time to sit down one-on-one uh, -on -one with them in their rooms, find out what's happening. 
um, you know, and pray because, you know, God will bring up those opportunities to sit and, uh, you know, um, minister to your child. So when, you know, those, um, they go through those diff uh, difficult years, teenage years, that they'll know there's open communication. I can go and talk about things. Don't condemn them, you know, because we've all been through things. We've all did, you know, things that we shouldn't have. Um, yes, it's shocking when you hear things, but sit down and uh, let the love of God minister to them. Very good, very good. Anya. Well, I guess um, with the moms in this house, it's a different story to the moms who are outside the house. That's true. Because there are so many moms outside the house who really, really need help. And uh, for the house, full of mums, young and old, um, I would encourage you to um, reach out, reach out to the mums out there. Help them, encourage them in a positive way. And um, like um, one of my sisters has said that communication is very important in a relationship. Like you have to value what your, your children say because every child has a different need. Every other person is different from any other person. So we need to consider those facts that we need to um, um, understand, make ourselves understand that children, even though they are born uh, from the same mother, but they have different needs. So we need to be considerate at that um, point. Very good. And, yeah. Very good. Now, um, very important question here. Life-changing, in fact. Um, any weird cravings when you were pregnant? <laughs> Ainga, shall we start with you? Go, go backwards this time. <laughs> <laughs> Any weird cravings when you were pregnant? Food. Ooh, the food. Yes. The food. Uh, anything that you really wanted when you were pregnant? Oh, I'm I'm a. I love seafood. <laughs> that was my favorite one. Seafood. Very good. And has yeah. that carried on to your kids? That love uh, of seafood. Uh, not really. Oh, okay. I'm, I, I'm, sometimes I say, I'm very, you know, I'm surprised with my children because my oldest one is a, a seafood food lover, yeah. my oldest one. But the other ones, younger than her, and especially that girl sitting over there, <laughs> 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 she doesn't really like uh, seafood. Oh, okay. But, um, but it's okay. <laughs> it's okay. But, <laughs> yes. We'll forgive her. We will forgive her. <laughs> How about you, Pastor Jackie? Any, any, any weird cravings? Yes. For my eldest, I had chicken kebab. And one night, um, I had this craving for chicken kebab. And um, I kept uh, asking Melvin, it was quite late, and his father said, they have a, a saying in India, when a, a pregnant woman wants anything, anytime, you get it for her. 
So his father was there and he said, and he said, it's too late, uh, you know, tomorrow. His father says, no, you get up and go and get it for her. <laughs> so I got my chicken kebab. Um, yeah, for the second one, not really, I was off food. Yeah. <laughs> my answer. That's why I get my love for food. No, I didn't have any cravings no. at all. No. I remember. Maybe my memory's not good, but... Bethany no. never had any cravings either. I was very disappointed. <laughs> I was looking forward to getting some, uh, some chicken kebab for myself. And uh, never happened. All right. Uh, we're running out of time, but I, I want to ask you... I do want to ask you uh, a, a couple more questions. Um, um, as a mom, what's the most important lesson you've learned? Shall we start with you, Pastor Jackie? I'm putting, I, I, I'm putting them all on the spot here, right? So they didn't have time to prepare. Um, so this is straight from the heart. Patience, love, unconditional love. It's so beautiful, like, you know, when you have this beautiful little child. Um, it, it, it teaches you also God's love, how much he loves you. When you have this little child, look into your face, hold your cheeks. And sing to you and tell you how much they love you. Um, yeah, so God's love. You know, you experience God's love um, when you hold that little baby in your hands. And a lot of patience. Yeah, pro probably love. I, you know, especially now, feel the love from my children. I mean, when... When Ian died and I just felt so broken, they were just there for me and with me and, yeah, they were just there, um, even in their own problems. But the love you get from your children and your grandchildren, I often look and think in our huge family of all of our siblings and everyone, I don't know anyone that's at loggerheads with anyone. They're kind of, we're just a, a family that's just, all together and just very boring in some ways maybe <laughs> but, but it's quite lovely and you just feel that love from everyone and I guess that's what my children have showed me how much love that there can be in a family but I guess I guess you're at the top and you create that without realizing it it all filters down from you without realising it has done, that you've shown them what it is. Very good. And Ina? Yeah, I agree with um, my sisters here, but um, within every family, I think love is um, the core of everything. Like, um, yes, our, we love our, our children, and the children will love us back. You know, we appreciate what they do, and they appreciate us as well. You know, we understand them, and they understand us as well. You know, it's that give and get. It's not just get, 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 and no give, give, give. We need to be, um, to be understanding mums, to understand our children, and to appreciate them through love. Thank you. Very good, very good. Look, we're out of time, five minutes ago, but I just have to ask one more question. Okay, one more, one more. I just have to. So, so this is more general. 
for for all of us. You've, uh, I know each one of you have walked with God uh, a long time. Um, and so I want to ask you, obviously your mom's for a long period of time, multiple children. Uh, you know what consistency is, all right, to stay consistent with your kids. So as followers of Jesus, what is one thing you would encourage us, all of us, moms, uh, dads, people in general, single, married, whatever it is, what would you encourage us to do regularly um, so we would stay strong in our faith? And if you could just like, could be, be concise because we just want that one thing, one thing. There could be, you could, I'm sure you could say a lot, but if you could just keep it to one sentence, we can write that down. I'll say one word. Pray. Um, every opportunity you get around the table, in there, pray with them because, you know, they remember that. Um, and bring them to the house of God. It's a safety net. When they grow old, as I said, they won't depart. You know, keep them. They love the house of God. They will be found in the house of God. When Pastor Kim said one word, I was trying one to sentence. You can, you one word to put all my, what I've got in my mind. But um, I'm thinking of the, the teen um, women that were given, that were waiting for, for the Lord to come. You know, there were those five um, virgins who were filling up their, their lamps with oil. And uh, they were well prepared for the coming of the Lord. And uh, so the other five did not prepare. And we all know the result of not being prepared. So for, for us as moms and for everybody in the house, we need to fill up our, our lamps with, with those lamps, with, those, with the oil, so that when Jesus comes, when the time comes, we are all prepared for him. Very That's good. <laughs> Fantastic. Is that it? All right. So we've got love and be filled and, uh, uh, and pray. Fantastic. Why don't you give them a hand? Didn't they do amazing? So much wisdom here. Thank you so much, ladies. Thank you so much for joining us. As we move into the next part of our, our, our service, um, I'm going to invite some of our younger ones up to come and share the word. Some of your younger mums, I should say, to share the word. Um, we'll get these chairs off here. Um, when we're celebrating Mother's Day, uh, it's a great opportunity for us to celebrate not only our mums, but also celebrate God's plan for humanity. He made the male and female. He made the mums and dads. He made them a family. And when God made it, it was good. And so we're celebrating. With what we're celebrating here, yes, we are celebrating moms, but it's so much bigger than that, so much wider. So I want to invite three moms up. We're going to have Kale, Ruby, and Bethany sharing the word today. And so we're going to start with Kale. Kale, why don't you welcome her? Put your hands up together. 
If you didn't know, Ina is Kali's mom. There you go. Thanks, Pastor Kim. Good morning, church. How's everyone doing? Good. Happy Mother's Day to all our mothers out there. Um, I just want to say it's an honor to be up here sharing the word this morning, and I just pray that, you know, God puts something on your heart from what's been spoken um, by our senior moms and the speakers to come. Uh, so this morning, I'll be talking about loyalty, um, and my point of reference will be the story of Ruth, uh, Ruth and Naomi from the book of Ruth. Uh, but before we go there, um, first scripture, 1 John chapter 4, verse 19. We love because he first loved us. We love because he first loved us. You know, the scripture just reveals that our ability to, you know, show love, express love to God and to others is only because God first loved us, you know, and we had, you know, Huya and Mom, they stole my example, but, <laughs> you know, our children are born, they don't have a concept of love, they don't know what love is, um, and so as the parent, as a parent, you know, my daughter Kalani, I, I showed her what that looked like, I showed her what that felt like, and as she, as she grew, and as she developed, she um, was able to reciprocate what I showed her first. You know, and that's what God's love is like for us. We love because he first loved us. And that's where we get our understanding um, and our concept of love for. So I'm speaking on loyalty. I know I just talked about love, but the same applies to loyalty. Romans chapter 5 verse 8. Uh, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. God's loyalty to us, you know, it's, it's revealed in his mercy for us. You know, mercy um, comes from the Latin word, I think it's merced, mercies, which translates to price paid, you know, price paid. So his loyalty manifested in him laying down his life for us without even us having to do anything, you know. We didn't have to come to him all in order. We didn't have to have everything, you know, we didn't come to him perfect. But he still chose to lay down his life, that loyalty and sacrifice, you know. It's not based on us. Um, it's not based on us. It's just given to us. It's given to us because it's his loyalty to the covenant that he's made with us, Yeah. And so just like the love that I talked about, his loyalty, we've experienced that. We experienced that, you know, John 3, 16, he, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son. Yeah, so he, we experience that loyalty and we choose to be loyal to him. So, you know, that, that choice to be loyal to him looks like coming to church, sacrificing your time in the morning, being on, this, um, being on the ministry teams. That's what our loyalty looks like to him. So, how does this relate to Ruth? <laughs> um, so, this aspect of God's loyalty in the Old Testament, it's, it's demonstrated in the relationship between Ruth and Naomi. You know, Ruth's loyalty to Naomi was a reciprocation of Naomi's loyalty to her first. You know? Um, so, lo um, Naomi gave Ruth the choice. Uh, Ruth 1.16, we know that before this, Naomi had said to Ruth, go back to your people, go back to your people. And Ruth's response was, 
Don't urge me to leave you or to turn back from you. For where you go, I will go. And where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people and your God will be my God. I mean, if that's not a declaration of loyalty, I I don't know what is. But Ruth would never have been able to respond in that way if Naomi hadn't given her the choice to be loyal first. Yeah? Um, And so that freedom that Ruth, or that Naomi shows Ruth, is the same freedom that God shows us. You know, whether we're in a good season or not, whether we're loyal to him or his church or not, and his church or not, you know, this is the freedom that God gave us. This is the freedom that God gave us in this new covenant. You know, a covenant of grace where we're free to choose to be loyal to him. Because no matter who we are or what our choices have been, he is first loyal to us. Amen. Thank you. <laughs> and did I make it in time? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yes, up next we have Ruby. Everyone give Ruby a hand. Hi, everyone. It's good to be in church this morning. Amen. Oh. So, happy Mother's Day. I feel like it's just the thing you have to say. Happy Mother's Day to everyone out there. Be blessed. Amen. <laughs> it's hard being a mama. I've learned this um, in the past year. And thank you, Kale. That was an epic word. I, I love hearing girls preach. It's awesome. <laughs> so, I'm really, I feel, I'm pretty much just going to say what Kale said and just say I feel really blessed and honoured. Thank you, Pastor Kim, Pastor Bethany. It's awesome to be up here. Um, I'm shaking half from nervousness, half from Holy Spirit. Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> I'm just going to go with it. So uh, today, oh, hang on, wait. First, before, before I get into it, let's pray. Yes? Amen. Jesus, you speak, not me. Amen. Love it. Uh, so yes, if it's good this morning, it's because God spoke through me. If it's bad, it's because of me. Cool. Amen. So we know, um, today I'm actually talking about Mary, mother of Jesus, which is a huge honour because this chick, she's just, she's so worthy to be honoured. We know that Mary uh, had Jesus um, and we know that Jesus was a bit of a surprise baby. Uh, I'm going to ask a question. Who here has ever had a surprise baby? It's okay, kids aren't here, so you're allowed to raise your hands. Hallelujah. I love it. I love the honesty. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> anyway, anyway, moving on. So today, I want to briefly speak about Mary. And I believe women and mothers hold a significant role in our society and as the body of Christ. Amen? I'm going to make you say amen a lot, okay? So just get used to that word now. It is important to listen and press into what God is saying over our children, our families, and our own lives before God. Amen? Yeah, you're already onto it. And to have personal relationship with him. Because if God can use Mary, a virgin girl, then how much more can God use you? Amen? (laughs) Woo! Love it. Sorry. He makes impossible things become possible like we do see with Mary. Mary was chosen and called to hold the Messiah. Woof! What that honour that was. An angel named Gabriel, so those that don't know, an angel named Gabriel came and stood before Mary and said, you will bear the Messiah. And Mary said, let all the, 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 uh, English, let all the the words that you have spoken come true. What faith Mary had, right? What faith that is to say, 
you know, she's, they say approximately Mary was around the age of 16. Can you imagine being 16 and saying, I'm going to give my life to the call of God? Like, wow, that is just faith. And I love that. Such bravery. Now, today, I want to clip two pieces of scripture together really quickly. I want to go back all the way to Eve. So we know that Eve and Adam were the very first human beings ever, right? And we know that Eve was tempted in the garden by the serpent, the devil. Ugh, we don't like the serpent. And she sinned. She took a bite and she sinned. And then she gave it to her husband and he sinned. And it was from that sin, from eating the forbidden fruit, that a curse was released upon all of humanity because of their sin. And I want to put up the uh, Genesis 3.15, if you have it. Um, And God gives this woman a curse. So he actually gave them all a curse, but this is the woman's. It says, I will surely multiply your pain in childbearing. In pain you shall bring forth children. Your desire shall be contrary to your husband. might say desire. It's okay. Um, And... Sorry, desire, where are we? To control your husband, but he will rule over you. Oof. (laughs) Now I want to go to the serpent, Genesis 3, 16. To the serpent he gave, to the next one, Genesis 6, yeah, sorry. And I'll cause hostility, so this is him saying it to Satan. I'll cause hostility between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring. Amen. He will strike your head and you will strike his heel. Does anyone watch soccer and when you're running and someone like clips your heel, <laughs> that person just like kaboof, like gravel, grass in the mouth. Like I, I just imagine like women just like, I'm just going to like trip this little jerk over, right? I can call him a jerk because he's the devil. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Yeah, yeah, there you go. You're all still here. (laughs) So back to Mary. We know that Jesus was a baby born through Mary and her obedience and her faith. God wove Joseph and Mary together because Mary first said yes. When Jesus died on the cross, we see that the curse was broken and redemption for both men and women was unleashed. Amen. Jesus has come up twice. Well, he should come up all the time, but you know. We are no longer held captive by the curse's way of life. Amen? When we have accepted Jesus as our Lord of our lives and as mothers or any woman for that fact, you have all authority, say all authority, to believe and become all God has anointed you to be. If you are married, this means you are no longer ruled by your husband like the curse said because Jesus broke that curse. Okay? You are in partnership with your spouse. Woman, you have authority. Married or unmarried, you are ruled by God. You are no longer fighting against this curse that was first put on because Jesus has broken it. Amen. You are fighting with victory over this curse, with redemption at your side. Or if you are married, for, sorry, if you are married, you are now alongside your husband slash wife because you guys are a power force for the kingdom. Both men and women are made in the likeness of God. So both men and women are equal in the, in the authority of God. Amen. I have one more scripture before I finish up. It's 1 Corinthians 12.4. It goes... Let's read it. There are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same spirit is the source of them all. There are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. Amen. 
God works in different ways, but it is the same God who does the work in all of us. A spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. To one person, the Spirit gives the ability to give wise advice. To another, the same Spirit gives a message of special knowledge. To the same Spirit gives great faith to another. And to someone else, the one Spirit gives the gift of healing. I'm going to stop there. It keeps going, okay? keeps going with all the, with all the gifts and all the, what the Spirit gives. And the last, the last line said, He alone decides which gift each person should have. Not each man, not each woman, not each child. What each person, okay? Your children are called. Your, the women are called. The men are called. Powerhouses, authority, chosen. Amen. Amen. Cool. Guys, that's me wrapping up. Amen. God, right now, I just thank you that every single woman in this house would just begin to step into her authority. Amen. Guys, I'm going to introduce to you the most amazing woman of the house. Her name is Pastor Bethany, and she is just awesome. Thank you, Ruby. That was so beautiful. Thanks for that great word and great prayer too. I'll have to remember that one. I would probably just add, please help me. Speak through me and please help me. Um, But Kim said it's short, so uh, I don't have time to pray, so just powering on. But um, I will, would just like to say happy Mother's Day to all the mums out there as well. And I'd like to acknowledge my mum who surprised me by turning up today. Yay. So thank you, mum, for coming. She has her own church, so she's involved in that. So I know it's a sacrifice for her to be here, and I really appreciate you coming to support me. I'm not going to cry. I never cry. Okay. Um, Look, I serve in kids, so at this point I feel like we should all just get up and do a bit of a movement break, but I realise you're adults, so I'm not going to make you do that, but we have been sitting for a while. I've got six, maybe seven minutes just to to go, so I hope I can have seven more minutes of your time before you all head out and celebrate with your mums or whatever else you're up to today. I'd like to thank Kim for the opportunity to speak this morning. This is my first official preach. To be honest, um, being married to a pastor, I've never had any real desire or need to preach, Um, but it's Mother's Day and they wanted a woman and someone dobbed me in, so here I am. (laughs) Today we've been looking at, thanks thanks for the fan club, I'm like, (laughs) today we've been looking at significant women in the Bible. The final one I'll be touching on is Esther, the beautiful Esther. So what attributes or qualities come to mind when you think of Esther? Loyalty, courage, Beauty, respect, all great qualities to have, but the one I'll be focusing on today is purpose. Now, if you aren't familiar with the story of Esther, she gets her own book in the Bible, 10 chapters. I'll give you a brief, very brief rundown. So after banishing his previous queen for failing to obey his request, King Xerxes is on the hunt for a new queen. So he gathers all the beautiful women in the land, um, brings them to the palace, gives them 12 months of beauty treatments, wouldn't that be nice? and before meeting them one by one. Now, Esther is one of these such women undergoing the process. She's quiet and respectful, not elevating herself in any way, but she's noticed by the king's staff and given special attention and treatment. So when it's her turn to see the king, he's super impressed and makes her queen on the spot. Yay for Esther, she's in. Meanwhile, Esther's cousin Mordecai refuses to obey the king's orders and bow to his official Haman, which aggravates Haman daily to the point he plots to wipe out Mordecai and his people, to which uh, the Jews, the people are the Jews, um, to which the king agrees. So now Esther, also a Jew, could keep quiet or use her authority to save her people and herself. 
However, it is well understood that anyone who appears before the king in his inner court without being invited is doomed to die unless he acknowledges the visitation by holding out his scepter. So to even see the king in an attempt to save her people, she risks her own life. Purpose. Here we have it. Now, if you can't stand a cliffhanger like me and simply must know what happens or you'll be too distracted to listen any further, I can let you know she, she makes it in. He holds out his scepter, she's in, and we're halfway through Esther. So she ends up taking her time with her quest, but she saves her people, wipes out Haman, and grants permission for her people to annihilate any and all of their enemies. So that's our story. Let's now dial down on a couple of points that we learn about Esther. I have four brief points. So first of all, to fulfill her purpose, it took courage, conviction, and sacrifice. We read in chapter 4, 16, her words, And then, though it is against the law, I will go in to see the king. If I die, I die. If I must die, I must die. Now, if that isn't a perfect display of courage, conviction and sacrifice, I don't know what is. For the vast majority of us, to fulfill our purpose, God isn't calling us to risk our lives, but it will still require an element of courage, passion and sacrifice. Let's not miss our moment because it's a bit hard or it doesn't stretch us. Secondly, to fulfill our purpose, it will take God's hand. We see this in Esther's story. She was elevated. She was noticed. We can see God's hand in setting her up to complete her purpose. God makes a way. God opens the door. The Bible tells us in Psalm 37, 23, that the righteous man's footsteps are ordered by the Lord. To fulfill our ultimate pers- purpose, we can't charge out on our own. We have to be in God, in step with him, and then together we can see his purpose come to fruition over and over. Thirdly, and and our mums were talking about that this morning during the panel, Esther teaches us that we cannot do it alone. She didn't do it alone. To fulfill her purpose, she gathered a wide battalion of people to pray for her. In chapter 4, 16, we read her words once again, Go and gather together all the Jews of Susa and fast for me. Do not eat or drink for three days, night or day. My maids and I will do the same. We all need the support of friends and family to fulfill this life, to fulfill... Um, to live this life, to serve our purpose. So gather your prayer warriors, your village. We each have a purpose to fulfill, but we cannot do it alone. And finally, she positioned herself for such a time as this. To fulfill our purpose, we need to position ourselves just as Esther did. In chapter 4, 13 to 14, Mordecai sent this reply to Esther. Don't think for a moment that because you are in the palace, you will escape when all other Jews are killed. If you keep quiet at a time like this, deliverance, of the re- deliverance and relief for the Jews will arise from some other place, but you and your relatives will die. Who knows if perhaps you are made queen for just such a time as this. And these perhaps are the most famous and memorable words in the book of Esther. So I'd like to challenge each of you now. What is your such a time as this? It might not be to save an entire people group from annihilation and destruction. It might be, I hope not, (laughs) it might be to befriend uh, the neighbour down the street who you see every day and still haven't broken the ice with. It might be to carve out time to spend with a child, a friend or a workmate who's been on your heart recently. 
It might be as simple as a well-timed message, phone call, conversation or prayer. Everyone is given a purpose for today, for tomorrow, for their lives. We will have many such a time as this moment in our lives. Keep soft and listening to the Holy Spirit. You'll be placed in situations over and over for such a time as this. Be the person who serves their purpose in that moment, that day, that year, that generation. To end, I'd like to leave you with a challenge by Alex Cravens uh, to the parents and influencers of this next generation. I read it a few years ago and was impacted by its power, but it has been doing the rounds of social media recently. Hear the purpose for us and for our children as I read this. Don't feel sorry for or fear for your kids because the world they're growing up in is not what it used to be. God created them and called them for the exact moment in time that they're in. Their life wasn't a coincidence or an accident. Raise them up to know the power that they walk in as children of God. Train them up in the authority of his word. Teach them to walk by faith knowing that God is in control. Empower them to know they can change the world. Don't teach them to be fearful and disheartened by the state of the world, but hopeful that they can do something about it. Every person in all of history has been placed in the time they were in because of God's sovereign plan. He knew Daniel could handle the lion's den. He knew David could handle Goliath. He knew Esther could handle Haman. He knew Peter could handle persecution. He knows that your child can handle whatever challenge they face in life. He created them specifically for it. Don't be scared for your children, but be honoured that God chose you to parent the generation that is facing the biggest challenges of our lifetime. Rise up to the challenge. Raise Daniels, Davids, Esthers and Peters. God isn't scratching his head wondering what he's going to do with the mess of this world. He has an army he's raising up to drive back the darkness and make him known all over the earth. Don't let your fear steal the greatness God placed in them. I know it's hard to imagine them as anything besides our sweet little babies, and we just want to protect them from anything that could ever be hard on them. But they were born for such a time as this. Wow. Amazing women in the house, amen? Strong, tough women that are raising the next generation. I want to read a verse as we close up today. Isaiah chapter 49 verse 15 says, Can a mother forget her baby at her breast and have no compassion on the child that she has born? Though she may forget, I will not forget you. How unlikely is it for one of these moms to actually forget about her baby? Very unlikely. It's possible, but very, very unlikely. But God says... That is more likely than him forgetting us. He will not forget you. Maybe you're feeling forgotten. Maybe you're feeling left behind. God has not forgotten you. We've heard some great words this morning, words about loyalty from Kale. Fantastic word. We've heard about authority through obedience from 
Ruby and from Bethany, we've heard about purpose. All big topics in and of themselves. And I want to just add to that one thought. That God loves you more than the greatest, best, most pure mother loves her child. And it is not possible for Him to forget you. And as long as you keep your eyes on Him, you have all you need. So that's my encouragement as we close up today. I want to encourage you to, uh, hey, if you haven't already, go wish your mom, go uh, celebrate with a mom. Have a fantastic day. We have cupcakes out the back and coffee. And uh, we'll be back next week. But before we go anywhere, I want to pray. Father, I want to acknowledge that today is also a tough day for a lot of people. We just pray for those moms uh, that are no longer with us. And there's children over here that perhaps have a heavy heart with memories. But we also pray for those moms that are here and celebrating with their children. And uh, this is a family. A family that's uh, filled with ups and downs and everything in between. And we thank you for every person in this house today. We celebrate our moms. We thank you for motherhood. Thank you for the women in our house. You made them strong to guide and to lead and to bring something like that only they can uniquely bring. We thank you for them. We ask this all in the name of Jesus. And everyone said, amen. amen. Well, thank you for being here today. Uh, like I said, we got cupcakes. Thank you for Holly Mae for making them. They look amazing. And um, after the moms get one, I'm eyeing off one myself. All right, so... Uh, I think there there is enough for all of us. So be blessed and see you back soon. Hallelujah.